Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. You are joined this week by me, Ryan McGowan, and as always, James Kay. How are you? I'm very well, very well. How are you? I'm very good, thank you very much. I'm all the better once this episode will be out, though. Um, as we mentioned last week, this episode is going to be dark. Uh, it's been quite heavy to research and write, and I'm glad it's one, finished, and two will be recorded and done by today. So I'm just happy for that. Um, that bodes well, because if Ryan says something's heavy, then chances are it's, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah, and I've done some heavy episodes before. You know, we've had a woman who skinned her husband and boiled him. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that, Catherine Knight? Yeah, I remember. I remember. Mm, mm, lovely. So, yeah... Um, well, there's nothing else really to it. Let's just crack on, shall we? We're going to be talking this week about a man called Sutomu Miyazaki, otherwise known as the Otaku Murderer. Now, from the start, huge, huge disclaimer. Sutomu Miyazaki's crimes are of a sexual nature towards children. This will, to some, be a very uncomfortable subject. If you don't want to go any further, I don't blame you. Join us next week, where I believe we're talking about Enzo Ferrari. So Yes, jo- cars. Join us for Fast that. Fast cars. Everyone else, if you're still with us, strap in, because it's grim. Do I have a choice? Can I see you next week? <laughs> no, no, unfortunately. You have, huh. you're, you're here for the long haul here. <laughs> Bollocks, okay. So, let's start from here. Where it's June the 6th, 1989 in Saitama Prefecture, just north of Tokyo, Japan. It's a day like any other. You go to work, grab a bite to eat for lunch, and while out for lunch, you're talking to your colleagues. 
and they remind you that it's been six months since those horrible child murders that scared the whole region. The newspapers were cover to cover with the stories. People were frightened to leave their children alone for a time. They never caught that guy who did it, you say, wondering who it could have been. Things seem to have settled down now. The panic has begun to subside. On the train home, you pick up the evening newspaper. Its main story? Another child has gone missing. And you wonder if it could be the same guy from before. But we need to go back 22 years to 1967. Specifically, August the 21st, 1967. In a place called Itsukaichi, Tokyo. Here, Tsutomu Miyazaki is born. He was premature, but for the most part was a healthy baby, except for a noticeable disfigurement. See, a typical human has eight bones in the wrist, allowing for a wide range of mobility when moving the hand. Tsutomu's wrist bones were fused with his hand, meaning he didn't have the same range in mobility, and he couldn't move his hands up much and struggled to grip properly. Uh, Now, James, you've got an image of uh, a pair of hands. I do. And they look quite grim. They look like um, Nosferatu hands. Yes, so... Just imagine a skeleton hands, but with flesh still attached. Now, Tsutomu is referenced to be like almost the real-life Nosferatu, the real-life Dracula uh, for his crimes. And whenever you look up, uh, if any of our listeners right now, if you've got your phone in your hand, Google Tsutomu Miyazaki, and one of the first images that will come up is this image of two hands, very skeletal hands, very long, thin, long nails, and one, I think the left hand is grabbing onto the right hand. Yeah, it's really weird, though, because it looks like his palm is facing up, but then it looks like his fingers are facing the wrong way. It's really strange. Yeah, so I think they're not his hands, because, James, if you look just to the right of that image, there is a picture of Tsutomu Miyazaki uh, alongside a couple of other officers around him if you look at his Uh hand in that picture it looks absolutely nothing like the black and white picture next to that but it still looks quite claw-like there's a disfigurement there a hundred percent yeah so his hand was a bit claw-like quite long i also love how they've blurred out the police officer's hands like we'd struggle to differentiate (laughs) yeah um but yeah so if when you google uh satomi miyazaki those that that black and white picture of the hands will come up but i'm i'm adamant they're not his hands and there have been quite a few people that have come out and said, we don't think they're his hands either. It's just sort of like... A, they look quite horror film-like. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it came from a horror film. Now, this defect could be attributed to his premature birth, but it could actually have something more to do with the circumstances of his birth. Now, it seems that Sutomu's mother was not the wife of his father which seems a bit controversial, doesn't it? Scandalous. It's going to get a bit worse, though, James. It seems that it may have been his sister instead. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, okay. We're already on to the incest, are we? How long are we in? Five minutes in and we've reached incest. (laughs) Good stuff. It's not funny, but your reactions are what make me laugh. (laughs) It's just, if that's one of the first things to come, everyone just buckle the fuck in. Yeah. Yeah, so it appears that Sutomu's father had been having an incestuous relationship with his own daughter, 
Now, I will point out when researching this guy, many outlets love to tell you that he was born of incest, but other places just don't seem to mention it at all, and I'm not entirely sure why. They talk about his father, um, but they never talk about his mother, nor the fact that his sister could be his mother. Uh, so, right. what I'm saying is basically just take it with a pinch of salt. Um, the, okay. inf- the, the information that he was born of an incestuous relationship appears to have come out during his trial. Um, but again, like I say, like some places mention it, some places don't, and I don't entirely know why. So, But yeah, it's possible that uh, his sister is his mother. Lovely. Yeah. Now, it is possible that it's it's true. And that his father, A, hid it from his wife very successfully. Mm. And B, convinced the daughter to never mention it and likely force her to pretend she was not the mother and that the the father and his wife would then bring up the child. That's totally possible. Because, you know, obviously the mother would know something. But I, I, I want to assume that what she believed was that her daughter had got herself pregnant by some other random guy and then she yeah. decided to raise the child on her behalf so as to not, you know, bring shame upon the family and that kind of stuff, you know, we don't want that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Especially in Japan. Yeah, yeah, Japan's very traditional, it's got a lot of, you know, family honour stuff going on. So maybe the mother genuinely had no fucking clue and was like... Mm oh god she's gonna got herself up the duff blah 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 well to save shame yeah. on her and make sure that she has a good life we'll raise the child and in the meantime the dad's like oh fucking hell sweat dripping off his brow do you know what i mean yeah yeah so either way grim. yeah grim either way sutomu's relationship with his family was not a great one his parents were very distant with him you know the mother likely looking at him with shame and the father likely having a constant reminder of what he's done the parents were also very busy working all the time, and Sutomu's sisters weren't keen on him either. His oldest sister, likely his mother, might not have been keen <laughs> on being around him, and his other two younger sisters were just really creeped out by him and his deformed hands. So, I mean, yeah, fair, his hands are strange, like... I suppose in Japan as well, they've got this big idea of, like, perfection, haven't they? They're very proud people. yeah. Yeah. Now, it seems the only person who had the time for Tsutomu was his grandfather. They seemed to have a unique bond. He was the only person Tsutomu felt he could go to for advice and to spend time with. At school, Tsutomu was a good student in his early days. He was bullied because of his hands and didn't have many, if any, friends, so just buried his head in his books. But as he entered his teenage years, his grades began to slip, and we don't exactly know why. Theories that he just became disassociated with life, not having any friends, meant that he just sort of really didn't see the point. He he just sort of lost interest in everything, really. Um, My theory is just that he became a teenager um, and just got into his own little private hobbies. Uh, So, I mean, that does happen, doesn't it? Yeah. Dude kind of fall in on yourself when you're a teenager push everyone away because you're going through a lot of uh changes i i tell you now i didn't i didn't revise for a single one of my gcse exams because i was too busy playing call of duty modern warfare yeah same i didn't revise either i remember they get in year 11 they gave us um like time off 
to go and revise, use this time to study at home. And I'd just be in the park every day playing football. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, it sounds like, I don't want to, like, suck my own dick, but if you are of a certain, like, level of intelligence, you can get away with that, as long as you don't really give a shit about the top grades. But some people can't get away with that. They have to study. Yeah, yeah. You, you like, can I knew sail. full well that I could, I could not revise and I'd pass. I didn't get A stars, but I didn't fail. Yeah, no, I'm exactly the same. I, I just winged it and I, I did okay. I, I mean, I, I didn't quite get enough grades, unfortunately, to even go to college. But look at me now. I've got a university degree. So, you know, it's still yeah, doable. Yeah, exactly. I think I, I got A star in history and English and drama. And that was it. Very the rest good. of the bunch fucked. I got an A star in drama. That was it. It's all you like. It's just go to go for what you like want to do. Like science, I hated. I fucking hated science. I think I got an E in physics. Didn't give a shit. It's like a C in uh, biology. Mm. I think that's the easier one. Mm. Maths, I got a C very early on, and they wanted me to do the higher exam, and I just refused. <laughs> yeah, me and me, me and numbers do not get on at all. No, I hate numbers. They confuse. Even now, they really confuse me. Mm. Like sometimes I'm there, just like counting on my fingers, like a fucking five year old. Well, whilst we were busy improving our KD on Call of Duty and playing football in the park, Sutomu's hobbies were manga and anime. And he had quite the collection. Um, manga, obviously, being the comic book versions of like types of anime. Uh, and then, obviously, mm. anime being the cartoon versions that we watch on the telly. Um, I've sort of we briefly asked uh, before, like, do you watch any anime at all uh, did you growing up um i mean obviously you've got your pokemon your dragon ball z oh, your digimon yeah. the classics uh nowadays my brother's really into it he really likes it so if he's sitting there watching some i'll watch it with him but i don't go out and do it for myself um death note was good i like death I note i love death note um there's some fucking really weird ones that i'd sit down and watch for 5 minutes and I'm like this is too bizarre yeah. for me yeah yeah an- but yeah um they're very hit and miss anime's an odd world um I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. Um, yeah. In fact, now I'm t- I'm 27 and I still watch Dragon Ball Z. I I it still holds up for me. I I, I I tried starting from the start of Dragon Ball Z again quite recently. I think over like the first lockdown, and I realised that nothing really happens. Every every episode is just kind of exposition building up for a fight. They can build up for a fight for ages. Oh yeah. And I just, I just fully switch off. And Pokemon, me and my friend tried to um, watch it at uni, like all the way through. And every episode is the exact same structure. They find a Pokemon they've never seen before. They have to capture the Pokemon, and some sort of bad guy they have to defeat. Yeah. Every single poke, every single episode is exactly the same. You've got to catch them all. You've got to learn about them. Ash will find it, flip out his Pokedex, and the Pokedex will then tell him it's just, it's, it's a Butterfree, and he's like, oh okay. Mm. And now I know I what it is. Younger me fucking lapped it up. I thought it was great, but I, I just I can't get on board with it now. I like the Pokemon games, don't get me wrong, but I, I, watching it bores the shit out of me. Watch, Yu-Gi-Oh as well. Oh, that was good. I watched Pokemon every morning before school. And Beyblade. I used to watch Beyblade on Cartoon Beyblades. Network. Beyblades. Yeah. Oh, I used to have like loads of arenas in my own Beyblades. It was so much fun. So I, st- I still watch anime. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, uh, currently, I'm watching Demon Slayer on Netflix. Uh, recently finished uh, The Seven Deadly Sins. Um, and but, so the thing with anime, anime is really good. And uh, if anyone hasn't watched it, I, I do advise you watch it. There's, it does, it really can tackle some like big topics. Um, however, anime famously has some very dodgy uh, artistic choices when it comes to costumes, particularly female costumes. They're mm. generally very revealing and impractical. 
In fact, I'm watching as well at the moment uh, My Hero Academia, which is about a bunch of like superheroes, like kids who have superpowers who go to a school uh, to learn about their powers. Like think almost like X Men and Hogwarts, just smash that together. Um, mm. And they've all got their like cool uh, super costumes for like their their hero costumes and whatnot. And some of them are very practical. And some of them aren't. There's like one of them, like they're supposed to be like 15, 16. And one of them's like just almost got a piece of fabric just covering her nipples. And she's got massive breasts. And it's like, you mm. are a school kid. Yeah. You are a school child. Yeah. And I'm seeing now, when I'm watching anime my own, it's it's just fights. And it's it's exciting, like rock music being played in the background. And it's amazing. As soon as I, as soon as my girlfriend or my family walk in, it's, it's an uncomfortable, you know, uh, very revealing outfit or one of the characters is being sexually suggestive mm. in an uncomfortable way to another yeah. character and then they look at me and go this is what you watch and i'm like it's not just this i promise yeah it's it's you can kind of tell the kind of people that make it and who the general target audience is yeah yeah it's it's difficult um but so how this refers to sutomu uh, Sutomu had a massive like manga and anime almost addiction like he adored this kind of stuff um, and he would just like it, it was almost like that was his escape from the world he had no friends he had no social life that was his escape that's how he got away from it all reading manga watching anime um, he's also into his art and he was also in photography in the real world but anime and manga was where sort of his heart was at um, now because his grades slipped he didn't meet the requirements to attend university like he had planned. He intended to study English and become a teacher, but instead he went to college to train as a photography technician. And here he got into a new hobby. He would frequently head to the college tennis courts and take pictures of the girls playing. But he wasn't trying to get cool action shots of the girls for the student newspaper. He was trying to get crotch shots which he then collected in his room which is illegal i'm sorry say that again yeah he was crotch shots shots. yeah so you know like uh traditionally female tennis players wear skirts yeah yeah and he was trying to get pictures when the skirts went flappy flap oh you fucking oh yeah so he's just being a it's just it's just weird man like if you want if you want to see things like that, there are plenty of like outlets out there where these women consent to give that. Like you can go on various like OnlyFans, whatever. You can go on like porn websites. It's there for you, and these women are getting paid for it. And they kind of I don't want to say want to be there because I'm sure the porn industry is fucked, but like generally they've consented to be there. Yeah, I think so. That's where you can kind of get your fit. Don't take pictures of just people going about their daily life. So, um, Miyazaki. Sutomi Miyazaki, uh, he has been ostracized from pre- basically everyone. He got like viciously bullied for his hands and had no friends and all this sort of stuff. He n- likely never spoken to a girl ever, let alone in any kind of romantic manner. So has no reference except for maybe anime and manga. And in in right, in okay. anime, do you remember Master Roshi in Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Whenever Master Roshi saw like Bulma or any like female character with big boobs bend over, he gets a nosebleed. And mm. it's like it's the anime trope of like, you know, that that creepy character who just pervs on girls. 
gets like this horrendous yeah. fucking gushing nosebleed when he sees a woman do anything that's like minutely sexualized it's almost like that's his only reference for how to behave right okay so he hasn't had any interaction with no women. i mean that's kind of sad in a way that, that's kind of sad but still no yeah, excuse but it's like it's almost like he feels when he's doing that that like that's acceptable because the anime characters do it like you know they behave like that so that must be acceptable I'm not. I'm not. Try, I'm not trying to yeah. justify his actions. I'm trying to understand no, them. No, no, no. But that's where I'm thinking. But I'm sure it comes that's from. some sort of mental illness. Like he can't differentiate reality and. Anime. Yeah. Well, and this was his, quote, material, if you catch my drift. Yeah. yeah. Now his perversions, unfortunately, would get worse. He had a rather unhealthy relationship with porn. He had many videos but in japan sexual organs are not to be shown due to decency laws meaning that the genitals mm. are typically blurred or blacked out mm-hmm. and sutomu even complained about it saying quotes they black out the most important part which i kind of understand it makes like i, I understand that bit right that's what you're watching for and that's the bit that's blurred out yeah for sure yeah and now Unfortunately, his interest in adult movies waned because of this. Uh, but maybe not because of it, but it's more like he was like, well, I'm not really getting anything out of this, so I'm going to move on to something different. And his mm. taste changed. He began to watch child pornography, which does not blur out anything. Right, okay. Yeah. Now, bizarrely... In Japan, child pornography, the manufacturing and distributing of it, was only banned in 1999. Meaning that before 1999, technically, it could be made and distributed legally. Japan has some weird laws. I swear you get a tougher sentence for carrying a small amount of marijuana than you do for paedophilia. I... I wouldn't know, but the f- the fact it's just that it's it's backwards. Yeah, the fact that only in 1999 was the manufacturing and mm. distributing of child pornography being banned. I said it to you before we started. Japan seems so far ahead of the rest of the world in certain stuff like technology and things like that. But then in other stuff, it's like they're stuck in the bloody fucking 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, it, it's possible to maybe like advance too quickly before society is caught up. Yeah, I'm sure. Did, was it? Did we say that last week? Was it? Was it us had that conversation? I think we had that conversation, saying that if, oh, we were talking about how like humans, human society has moved on so quickly, but humans haven't evolved to keep up with it. I think we said that off air, didn't we? I think we were yeah. Trying, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a conversation off air. Uh, we were sort of, yeah, yeah, talking about how, like you know some humans can't understand certain things that we do in society because like you know evolutionary speaking it doesn't make sense to do it mm. yeah it's uh that they have progressed too quickly but it's a strange i couldn't my brother fucking loves japan he's there as often as he can i have a cousin that lives there i think he's oh, moving nice. back but he's lived there for a few years um but he's seen the flaws of it he thinks there's big issues yeah um it's it's a really respectful clean place that is just really fucking backwards in certain... It's a very sexist country. 
Yeah. See, uh, no, I'm the same. Like, I'm, I'd, I'd love to point out right now, like, I know we have listeners uh, in Japan, have had listeners in Japan, I should say as well. Um, I, I adore the place. Like, It's one of those, it's on my list of like places I'm just desperate to go to. And just yeah, I'd love, be I'd there. love to go. Um, yeah. But not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not bashing it. It seems like a lo- lovely place, but like every country's got their flaws. And yeah, we've we've bashed other countries, so it's fine. Yeah, um, but this is just so Japan's turn. The, the the weirdest thing, even after that ban in 1999, you could still own child pornography privately and not be arrested until 2014 when the law was changed. Fucking hell, that's so recent. That's yeah. less than a decade ago. Less than a decade ago, you could still own child pornography in your own library at home and no one could get you done for that. Which means that Rim. people are actually buying it and watching it. Yeah, so there's a market for it. Evidently, there is somewhere a market for it. And that's the bit that's abhorrent. And that's the like. So I learned that from a documentary, a, a, a Stacey Dooley documentary on BBC iPlayer. Uh, called Young Sex for Sale in Japan, uh, and she speaks to um, a, a a minister of the Japanese government of the time. I think this was done in 2017. This documentary, and he was saying how like, well, we've we've we like captured so many people, blah blah blah. And she's like, well, do you have any numbers for it? And these numbers were like not even in the hundreds. And it's like, right, you're not really sort of taking it that seriously now, are you? No, it. Uh, is it obviously like most of us look at that kind of stuff and just wonder how anyone can want to engage in it but then i did watch a little documentary once uh, quite recently actually um i forget what they're called but it's people who are pedophiles who are sexually attracted to children but they know it's wrong mm. so they don't act upon it yeah but they but like they're fully aware of like that's their dare I say preference but yeah I think it was a channel they also know that it's they know that it's fucked I think so they don't do anything I think it was a channel 4 documentary where there's that one bloke that came forward and said he is a paedophile he is attracted to children but he'd never ever hurt one Uh, he's never engaged in his fantasies and he wants help Um, yeah it's a mental illness certainly is it's one of those mental illnesses though that people are very unforgiving about and like rightfully so because children are innocent Mm. But it, it's. I remember I had that conversation because uh, I was doing a film about kind of similar things, and I, I found it really interesting. I thought, well, these people need help. They need medical help, as like not criminal help. Mm. The ones that haven't acted upon it. And then I had a chat with um, someone who has young kids in their family, and they said even if they don't act on it, they should be in prison. And like they got really like against it. And I thought that's it's really interesting that people take such strong stances against it. Whereas I think if someone hasn't acted upon it, they know that it's wrong and they're asking for help. Help them. They should get the help that they seek. 100%. I, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Because what you're doing before that is thought crime, you know? Uh, yeah, uh, they, they, they're fully aware that what they're doing is wrong or what they've thought of is wrong. That's why they're seeking the help. The ones that don't want the help are the ones that are going out like nonsense on kids and downloading indecent images and stuff and well rather worrying i'm sure we've all been on youtube watching pedophile hunters because they're really yeah. great videos yeah they can be somewhat interesting in japan i would say rather unfortunately because it has one uh there is a word for people who are attracted to prepubescent humans it's called lollicon mm-hmm. right that makes it seem a lot nicer than it is yeah exactly right lollicon is the the term to mean someone who's attracted to prepubescent humans um now right, okay 
Despite it being illegal in Japan to create and distribute child pornography and own it as of 2014, the scary thing is you can still find it in shops. Well, I say that. You, it, it's not that in its... Ugh. So you can find videos that have actors that on the cover it says they're 18 plus despite the, and they're not. despite the fact that they clearly look 10 now yeah uh, yeah i don't want to like you know it, not not to be stereotypical okay but you know i know i understand a lot of uh, people of asian uh, heritage can look and appear younger than they generally are but in this documentary that i watched some of these dvd covers that were being shown on it where it says actors 18 plus it's they're clearly not even fucking 10 Mm, and these are being sold like openly in shops it's mad it's mad yeah i suppose like uh child trafficking comes into play then as well i know it's a a problem in western culture as well like if you go on any of the mainstream porn websites a lot of the videos you see on there will have underage actors in it that are posing to be older who have a lot of them would have been forced to be there absolutely Absolutely. Now, um, unfortunately, not many prosecutions happen at the moment in Japan since the law states they need to first identify the child in said image or format to verify that they are under the legal age. And if they're unable to do that, they cannot prosecute anyone. The victim has to come forward with proof, which is a bit of a shame. That is because a lot of, as we know, with all the... um what's happened in the past few years victims generally don't tend to come forward they kind of repress what happened yeah Yeah. so yeah Mm. um now in his 20s and not at university as planned sitomu after college moved back into his parents home but unfortunately there was not enough room for him anymore and i think this is very common parents as soon as a child leaves the home decide to improve and modernize the home they start forking out yeah. they start forking out on redecorating they get themselves a jacuzzi mm-hmm. for the back garden or you know the, they yeah. repurpose your bedroom into a walk-in wardrobe and then you go i'm really struggling can i come back home and they go there's a couch and you're like brilliant what, yeah. what happened to my room yeah <laughs> i mean i was very lucky in the fact that my parents did all that except they did up the bedrooms just to make them into nicer bedrooms that's good so there was just a nicer bedroom to come home to. Yeah. And thank God, because this last year has been a fucking nightmare. Oh. But they are doing up the house at the minute and doing up the garden in, with the intention of selling for when me and my brother do fuck off. Nice. Well, I had a friend at university who, when he went back home for Christmas, stayed on a sofa for two weeks. Surely they know that he's going to be coming home for like a couple of weeks at Christmas. I know. <laughs> I know. Now, Sutomu ended up sharing a bedroom with his younger sister, much to her annoyance, I imagine, particularly with his dodgy... Mm. Anyway, his dad tried to get him into the family business, uh, but he wasn't interested. Instead, he spent most of his days watching horror films and reading manga. So, as mentioned, Tsutomi wasn't interested in the family business, but he does seem to have been interested in another family trait... Remember how Satomu supposedly came into this world? Oh, no. He began, no. he began to peep on his sister while she was in the bathroom. Mm. Eventually, he was caught by her and she called him out on his shit. But he didn't take it too well. Yeah, damn straight. She was in the bath, called him out, and he went in and attacked her, supposedly causing her to hit her head on the side of the bath. Now, 
when the mother came to sort the issue, she also had a go at Sutomu, saying that basically what he needs to do is go get a fucking proper job and stop watching all of his videos, as most parents would do. You're just sitting there, your eyes will go square, blah, blah, blah. Again, Sutomu didn't take that too well, and he attacked his mother or grandmother, however you want to look at it. So, yeah, (laughs) didn't didn't go down well, that. Now, weirdly, despite all his weird shit towards his family, it seems he did genuinely want to have at least a half-decent relationship with his family. He told the Mm. police that he craved, quote, being listened to about his problems, and when asked... Go on. Yeah, sorry, it seems like there's a lot of neglect from his family, and we've seen this in so many of the fucking episodes that we've done mm. of people that have gone off the rails and done horrific things, it usually starts with family neglect. It's very rare that it's, oh, they had a lovely upbringing and then they went on to become a monster. Yeah. That generally never happens, that it usually starts with the family. So I wonder if the family was more loving towards him. Would he have been okay? Yeah, well, as we say, like as I said earlier, the father and the mother were very distant, hardly around him at all. Uh, his older sister wasn't keen, potentially his mother, and he's too... His two younger sisters were just like, you know, they absolutely hated him. They're, he was revolting to them. The only person he spoke mm. to was his granddad. That was it. Yeah. He had no friends. He literally just watched horror films, anime, and red manga all day when he wasn't taking up sh- upskirt pictures of girls. Yeah, perfect. Now, uh, when asked if he could talk to his parents, he said that they, quotes, would not have heard me. I would not have been, I would have been ignored. Uh, he on many occasions uh, contemplated suicide but instead seems to have channeled that feeling into other hobbies such as animal torture oh fuck off nice nah. yeah. any sympathy I might have had is completely I'd have got, I mean it should have gone when he was like perving on kids but it's, it's fully yeah, it should have gone when he was watching child pornography but uh, yeah yeah it, it, yeah. there was, there was an but ounce not left, the animals no he threw one nah, fuck he threw animals. one cat in a river to drown it he quote did another in boiling water which is really not oh you fucking scumbag and even strangled the family dog mm, there's a there's I'm I'm sure there's a study that if people harm animals, they are very likely to become a psychopath, or it's a trait of a psychopath. Yeah, no, you're right. There is. If it, you harm animals, so at an early there's age. a thing called the McDonald Triad, and it's if they uh, wet the bed, uh, start fires, or harm animals, any one of the three, they're likely to become, uh, you know, a, a troubled individual as they get older. Uh, I'm assuming wet the bed is from an age where they can. Yes, it. yes. So if they're like wet in the bed after a certain age where it's uncommon to be wet in your bed, um, but yeah. yeah, and things like starting fires and harming animals, it's almost like you're training what? yourself to do these horrible <sighs> things. I just don't get how someone can bring themselves to harm an animal. No, no, I don't get it myself. That it's it's one of those things you can look like, at it. If it's a never done anything. Tiger, if a tiger was coming at you, ready to kill you, and you had a spear or something, and you stabbed it, then I like fair. I get it. You've saved your own life. Whatever. But your dog or your cat that's just chilling, having a great time. Literally. In fact, he boiled a cat. So it's like that's so that's fucked. slow. Like that's not even. You know. <laughs> I mean, we say. I mean, we say all this, and some people are probably listening, going, "Yeah, I agree." Have you ever eaten lobster? Think on it. 
Uh, well, yeah. No, I haven't. I think that's awful. I don't like seafood myself. <laughs> I have. I, I mean, I have eaten lobster, and it, it's not worth the money. It's just water. But anyway. Now, the only person who understood him was his granddad, as mentioned. But in May of 1988, he passed away, leaving 25-year-old Tsutomu really feeling alone in the world. So alone, in fact, he took his grandfather's ashes and ate some of them to get closer to him. <sighs> okay, then, one. Yeah, cool. <laughs> we like, we have a, I, I say something, we, we riff on it for a bit, and we think we've moved on, we're going to carry on, and then I say, like, one more sentence, and you're like, ah, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not even bad, like, he hasn't done anything, like, obviously it's probably frowned upon, but it doesn't hurt anyone else, so could do yeah. what you want, but it, it's still well, fucked. See, he believed that um, his grandfather could not be reincarnated if his body was still in this world, so he thought it made more sense to, like, eat them, and then he might be able to get reincarnated. But then it's still in the world? Yeah. Because he's going to, like, shit Which is more out. disrespectful. Yeah, you're just shitting out your granddad. I swear, isn't there a film due date where they accidentally drink someone's dad because they thought it was coffee? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like in in Maori culture in New Zealand, right? You know when they do the hacker, you know? Yeah. They they stick the tongue out at the end. That mm-hmm. is the, apparently the tongue being stuck out at the end is uh, a warning to the opponent that when I kill you, I will I will cannibalize you and I will shit you out because it's the most disrespectful thing you can do to another person. I mean, that's quite intense and I quite like that. That's quite it's cool. It's cool, isn't it? It's really cool. Yeah, uh, but that also is. that reminds me. Have you ever tried the cinnamon challenge? Yeah, I mean, who hasn't? Yeah, <laughs> I could just it's imagine tough. him eating his granddad's ashes was similar. Yeah, just coughing them all out. Everyone thinks <laughs> they can do the cinnamon challenge, and everyone fucks it. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Right, so a couple of months later, in August of 1988, when he turned 26, Sutomu would begin a campaign of terror in the Saitama Prefecture. And from here on, everyone, warning. Okay, From here warning. on, where have you been for the past half an hour? <laughs> it's going to get worse, okay? If you've stuck around thus far and it's this a bit This episode is heavy, going on explicit. It's going to have a little E next to it and it's going to pop up a warning when people click on it going, are you over 18? And you have to say yes. So if you are here... You've fucking bought onto this, so... So, in, in, interestingly, the uh, distributor that we use for our podcast does have the option of putting explicit on yeah, the Yeah, and this, that, that button will be clicked. 
on this yeah, we occasion. Are, this is uh, this will be the first episode we put up as explicit. No, Sylvia Liking, I did as well. Oh, did you? Okay, brilliant. yeah, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't to. let that one slip through the cracks. <laughs> okay, well, so if you've made it thus far uh, and you're finding it a bit tough, it's it's only getting it worse. So you know, gold star yeah, if you can hang around. Now. Okay, warning over. It is now August the 22nd of 1988. It's the day after Sutomu's 26th birthday. Happy uh, birthday. F- happy birthday. Four-year-old Marie Kono left home to walk to her friend's house. On the way, a car pulls up and asks Marie, quote, Would you like to go somewhere where it's cool? Marie said yes and got into the car. The driver of the car was Sutomu Miyazaki. Now, nowadays, we tell our kids stranger danger. But yeah, don't get into anyone's cars. In I mean, the don't area... let a four-year-old wander around by themselves, but hey. Well, so I, I, I want to preface it with this. In Saitama, Japan, there's, ve- there's a very low crime rate. Almost like unheard of, you know, crime rate. It doesn't... It's so low. Okay. And children are taught to be respectful and to obey their elders. Yeah. So a four-year-old is just looking at a 26-year-old as an elder, has no reference for, like, bad guys in the world because, you know, there's not many around here. It's a very mm. nice area, very nice neighbourhood, no, hardly any crime, and she's just doing as she's been told. Um, now, Mary's parents quickly realised that she's missing. They called the police and went out looking for her. Sutomu had driven her to a wooded area and parked under a bridge where he sat with her for half an hour before he decided to strangle her till she stopped moving. He then removed her clothes and sexually assaulted her body. Four-year-old Mary was dumped in the hills near Sutomu's home. He took her clothes with him as a trophy. Weeks went by in the search for Mary but only Sutomu knew where she was. The police had one decent lead. Someone claimed to see Mary with a, quote, pudgy with curly hair man. But the police came up with nothing. Instead, they warned the community to keep their eyes peeled and be extra vigilant because they had absolutely nothing. The He's parents got away with it. Yeah, there was nothing, mm. absolutely nothing. He's pretty much got away scot-free. Now, the parents tried to keep the search alive with leaflets, but it had no effect. The family was met with harassing phone calls afterwards. The phone would ring constantly, and if not answered, it would ring continuously for like 20 minutes at a time before it was picked up. And when answered, the caller would either put the phone down immediately or breathe into the receiver before then putting the phone down. And this was Sutomu doing this. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Short, could they not trace phone calls at that point? Is that not a thing that's possible? I don't know. Probably not. I'm not sure because uh, he was not caught. Right, okay. So, uh, around six weeks later, on October the 3rd, 1988, Tsutomu would kill again. Driving along a rural road, he spotted seven-year-old Masami Yoshizawa he convinced her to get into his car and drove her to the same spot he took four-year-old Mary. There he took pictures of her 
before strangling her till she was dead. He stripped and sexually assaulted her body, and Masami's body was also placed in the same area as Mari. Her clothes were also taken as trophies. The police again had no leads, but they assumed that the two cases must be related since they lived in the same area. But since there's no body, the girls were just labelled as missing, and again, they asked the community to just be vigilant. And Masami's family also received pestering phone calls from Sutomu. Which is brazen as fuck. Like, he, yeah, he's an absolute psychopath. Usually some people commit these crimes and then vanish. Yeah. But he's just doubling down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's awful. Um, on December the 12th, and, and James, on our uh, document as well, you've got Im- pictures of the... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at them. Yeah, we've got images of the, the poor victims. Um, mm. December 12th, 1988, Sutomu lured four-year-old Erica Namba into his car when she was on her way home from a friend's house. Just four, man. Instead Mm. of the usual spot, he drove her to a car park. There, Erica got scared and began to cry. Sutomu made her remove her clothes, where he then began to take inappropriate pictures of her to keep as souvenirs. Just like Mari and Masami, Erica would be strangled until dead. Her body was tied up and placed in the boot of his car. Now, on his way to dispose of her body, his car got stuck in a ditch around a wooded area. He took Erica's body out in a a bedsheet and left her in the woods. On his return to the car, there were two men standing beside his car. They were concerned that it had been abandoned which must have been squeaky bum time for Sutomi. Yeah, for him, and foolish himself. Oh, God. Now, they're asking him all the questions, like, you know, what's happened, friend? You know, you didn't need any help? Yeah. And Sutomi played it off. Yep, sorry about that. I, I'm trying to get some help. And they helped him. They helped get his car back on the road, and he just sped off. And mm-hmm. he got away with it. I suppose the two guys had no idea, so Absolutely they were none. just doing the nice thing. Yeah, they were doing the nice thing, and inadvertently... You know, let a murderer get away. Now, when the Mm. police were notified of another child abduction in so many months, they began to feel pressure. And a task force was created with the sole purpose of investigating the disappearances. The body of Erica was found the day after she was murdered by a local. The two men who helped Sutomu came forward with their stories, but were unable to name the car or describe Sutomu properly. The police were working with very little. What they had concluded, though, was that the three girls must all be linked, although they only had one body. They believed that Mary and Masami were also dead. In fact, what they were looking for now is a serial killer. Mm. Now, Sutomu must have got a kick out of the attention and panic he caused. He went back to the decomposing body of Mary his first victim, four-year-old, and he cut off her hands and feet, which he kept in his closet at home. He then burned the rest of her body to ashes, which he put in a little box with some of her baby teeth, and he sent it to her family. 
Oh, you... Wow. I mean, everything up to this point is you're going to hell and living there on the fucking bottom circle or whatever the fuck it is, but Christ. Yeah. Why his fam... The poor family of this girl have been tortured enough. Yeah. And you're going to send them body parts. That's so fucked. But it's like, everything is fucked, but that is like pissing on the grave fucked. Because like, before then, there's no body, so... As as she's been gone for a couple of months, and so there's hope. They there's could be thinking, "Oh, she's just missing." Yeah, there's hope, and to then receive a small wooden box with ashes and baby teeth in it, that must yeah. have been the worst fucking feeling, honestly. Because God. not only then do you know your daughter's dead, you know your daughter's being killed horrifically. Yeah. Well, in this little box was a note with five words, simply saying, "Marry, cremated, bones, investigate." prove what yeah just five words one word full stop another word full stop marry cremated bones investigate prove really weirdly cryptic it's almost like he's challenging the police oh yeah yeah it seems like that fucking awful really really fucking so right this bloke has got several screws loose oh yeah now, the teeth were passed on to an expert who initially couldn't say for certain whether they were the teeth of Mary. But Satomu would try to set the records uh, straight by writing a, le- a letter to a newspaper called Asahi Shinbun with an alias Yuko Imada, which is a female name that can uh, loosely translate in Japanese to I'll tell you now. Mm-hmm. The letter said, quote, I put the cardboard box with Mary's remains in it in front of her home. I did everything from the start of the Mary incident to the finish. I saw the police press conference where they said the remains were not Mary's. On camera, her mother said the report gave her new hope that Mary might still be alive. I knew then that I had to write this confession so Mary's mother would not continue to hope in vain. I say again, the remains are Mary's. Like, how desperate is this guy for attention? He's loving every second. Yeah, literally. He cannot let that go. He sent that box with it to the parents, and as soon as the police conference comes out and says, oh, we're not entirely sure, blah, 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 he's like, no, it is, it is, I did it. He just wants to shit on the family as much as physically possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My God. So, what an evil, evil man. Oh, there's, that's the only way to describe this man as just pure evil. Uh, eventually, the remains were confirmed to be that of four-year-old Mary, and it was noted that her hands and feet had been missing. And this is the bit that breaks my heart. At the funeral, her father made a plea to the killer. He said, quote, her hands and feet didn't seem to be with the remains. When she gets to heaven, she won't be able to walk or eat. Please return the rest of her remains. That's fucking... Yeah. That got me when I wrote that. Or read it first. Yeah, it just wants her to be happy in the afterlife or yeah. what have you. Yeah, like dad, dad's accepted, you know, his little girl's gone. But like, without her hands and feet, she can't walk and she can't eat. Like, you've deprived her of that. Yeah. That sucks, man. My God, it's just torture, pure torture. Yeah, well, Erica Namba, his third victim, the four-year-old, um, her parents were also 
victim of harassing phone calls all along at the same time. Uh, and they were also sent a note to their house from Sutomu saying, quote, Erica, cold, cough, throat, rest, death. Again, I don't understand it. Makes no sense. No, it's just he's trying to do everything in code. He thinks he's clever. Mm. So for the next few months, Sutomu kept his head down while the police searched in vain for the killer of three little girls. Six months went by and the police had nothing. And you'd be forgiven for thinking that the killer had just stopped. Maybe left yeah. maybe left the area or maybe even died. But on June the 6th, 1989, another child would go missing. Five-year-old Ayoko Nomoto was alone in the park when she was met by Sutomu. He convinced her to let him take pictures of her. Within minutes, he had her in his car. What he does to Ayoko is clearly an escalation in his depravity. Ayoko made a comment about Sutomu's hands, which angered him. He began to strangle the five-year-old, like his other victims, while saying, quote, Here's what happens to kids who say things like that. Hmm. The ordeal lasted five minutes before Ayoko was dead. He then bound her body, taped over her mouth and wrapped her in a bedsheet. But this time, he would not dump her body in a wooded area. This time, he took her body home with him, into his now private bedroom. He would spend the next couple days taking pictures and filming himself sexually assaulting the body of a Yoko. Right. Over time, the body began to decompose. Sutomu decided to dismember the body by sawing off the head, the hands and the feet. Ayoko's torso and head were dumped in a wooded area, but even this wasn't enough. Sutomu engaged in vampirism and drank the blood he collected from the body. Fuck. And then he began to cannibalise the hands. Right. Mm. Yeah. I I don't know what 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 do you say to that? Yeah. Like there's always that that argument is is humanity inherently good or inherently evil and this bloke's doing his absolute best to make us believe evil. Oh yeah. How can anyone have the capabilities of doing that? I know. To any let alone children, just to anybody. Yeah, it's vile, isn't it? What the apps? What the fuck? Not only is he sexually abusing dead bodies, he's killing children, and then eating them and drinking their blood. I don't think there's anything left to do. I think you've like you've ticked off the fucking all the checklist of you're going to hell. Like that's mental. The thing is, as well, is like I've as much as I've given everyone so much fucking warning about this episode, and particularly about this part. The, the amount of detail like I read things how he does some of the stuff that I've just left out because it's just there's it's just not good at all like 
I think it's one of those that if you are interested, go and just uh, give it a Google. Yeah, I mean, if I can be so fucking, you know, uh, blunt about it in a way, um, this is a 26-year-old man sexually assaulting four, seven, and five-year-olds. Um, and you can imagine that that might be difficult for a grown fucking man to be able to do and i read like the methods of how he was able to do them and it's just i've left them out Mm. because it's just not worth it it's not great yeah so yeah uh, a week after the disappearance of ayoko her torso was found and confirmed to be hers the police feared the worst that this was the same guy as before they were desperate to find this guy but it wouldn't be amazing police work that got Sutomi Miyazaki caught. Instead, it was his arrogance and desperation to up himself that got him caught. On July the 23rd, 1989, Sutomi found two sisters playing alone in the park. He convinced the younger of the two to join him where he would take pictures of her. He walked her away from her older sister where he stripped the young girl and began to take pictures between her legs. Luckily, the older sister had ran to her dad and told him everything, who then called the police and found Sutomu with his daughter. The father attacked Sutomu, but he managed to get away to his car where the police were waiting for him. Sutomu Miyazaki was initially arrested for forcing a minor to perform indecent acts. But the more they interrogated him, he just straight up confessed to killing Ayoko Nomoto. Without too much pressure, he also admitted to killing Mari Kono, Masami Yoshizawa and Erika Namba. When his bedroom was searched, they found his video collection totaling 5,763 tapes. James, you've got a picture there of it. Mm, yeah, his bedroom. Yeah, the entire wall is... Well, there is no walls. It's just videotapes. Yeah, yeah, boxes and boxes of them. Yeah, most of these are anime and horror films, but a heft fucking ton of it is porn, child Hmm. pornography, and moreover, tapes of himself performing his horrific acts to his victims. Hmm. In his room, they also found his collection of pictures showing the depravity of his crimes and the remains of some of his victims, which he admitted to eating and cannibalising. Right. The public reaction to him was, naturally, shock. In their attempt to try and understand him, they blamed his actions on his obsession with anime and manga, which gave Mm -hmm. him the nickname the Otaku Murderer, in reference Mm. to otaku subculture. See, otaku in Japanese is a term for people who like anime, manga, basically anything nerdy. See, yeah. um, now it's a term used affectionately. Uh, so, like, you know, I would be classed maybe as otaku because I like anime, I like comics, I like all this little nerdy stuff. I, mm-hmm. I would be classed as otaku. But back in 89, with Tsutomu's arrest, people were afraid of this collective of people who might also be inspired by their fantasy cartoons and magazines to do something similar. Yeah. Which... Today, we know as, well, bollocks, but we see it as video games cause violence. Mm, It's the exact same fear. 
back then to what it is now. It's just it's something different. Or oh, no, it's them damn video games causing violence, and well, we've proved now that it doesn't. Yeah. He's just a sick fucking individual. So the trial. Yeah, that's one way to describe him. The trial lasted seven years, in which. Whoa. Yeah. Every little detail came out about Sutomu and his crimes. And here is where we learned about his incestual beginnings. Uh, now, his father initially refused point blank to pay for any legal support. So he had no help at all, particularly from his dad, mm. who was like, absolutely fucking not. He's a fucking scumbag. Uh, but then it seems that like during the trial, when it came out that um, Sutomu was born of incest from his dad and his daughter... Uh, it uh, his dad actually committed suicide by jumping off a bridge out of shame. Yeah, I mean it's quite common in Japan, isn't it? There's high suicide rates yeah. mainly because of shame. They're very proud people. Yeah. So Sutomi never showed any remorse for his crimes. He even at one point called himself a, a Japanese hero. I have no fucking clue why. Um, no. He never seemed to be phased by anything that was going on at all. He wasn't ever bothered. Um. He did try to blame his actions on an alter ego called Ratman, which you've got a you've got a, a sketch on your yeah. He drew that and was trying to say um, it's not me. It was Ratman. Basically, he was he was trying to prove that Ratman was forcing him to kill these children and do these sexual mm. acts to them, and if he did, he would bring his granddad back to life. That's what he was. That was his angle. Yeah, it seems to me like he was trying to go down the insanity route. Yeah, and it didn't fly. Not at all. Not one bit with the court. No. It didn't. Yeah, no, they weren't having it. Uh, in fact, he was found to be sa- of sane mind and was sentenced to death. He would sit on death row for almost 10 years before being hanged on June the 17th, 2008, aged 45. Hmm. And that's the story I mean, of uh, Sutomu Miyazaki. I think even death's fucking too good for him. What an absolute rat man. He wants to be called rat man. He's a fucking rat man. What the fuck? We've spoke about some fucked up things. Like We've talked about Mengler before and uh, Sylvia Likens and the... the Catherine Knight. I forgot the name of the bitch that... Yeah, and the, all the people that have just done horrific things. But oh, this one probably it takes the award of being the absolute most fucked. Just because everything seems so planned out and he was very, very confident with himself and what he was doing. Yeah. Especially with the torturing of the families afterwards. Like, bloody hell. We've spoke about child molesters and child killers before, but none of them did that. No. No, that's horrific, isn't it? Jesus Christ. This bloke is... I I spoke to my brother quite a while ago, actually, about like the low crime rates in Japan and stuff because he really likes Japan. And he, he did make the point of Japan has a really low crime rate, but whenever someone does commit a crime, usually it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to like be the case. Like there's kind of very little middle ground. It's almost like... Oh, ju- oh, oh, almost yeah. like the purge, where it's like you get a year of not doing anything, and then that one night you can just do whatever the fuck you want, and some of them just yeah, take it too far. Yeah, everyone goes crazy. Yeah. I think... Because Japan has, it's, it's such a, like, from us, um, their work ethic is, dare I say, a lot better. Um, their culture is very uh, kind of work-orientated. I believe 
that if you are in an office, you're not allowed to leave until the boss le- leaves. And if the boss wants to go for like a beer after work, you're kind of inclined to go. Yeah, you have to with, go. Oh, with well, him. I'm going to say him. Yeah, it would usually be a him. Which in our country, that that's mental. That if sort of our boss said you want to go for a beer, and we say no, and they say, oh, you've got to come, we'd probably tell them to fuck off. Yeah. And also, our work ethic is so shit. I think our country puts in the bare minimum and gets away with it. Michael Scott would love Where's that, pa- wouldn't he? Oh yeah, getting everyone to go for a beer—they have to. <laughs> he needs to move to Japan. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's. I just find it it's really strange. But obviously, then they pride themselves in their work so much that when things don't go well for them, the shame is quite crazy. As well, the homeless. Um, uh, again, I'm getting all this information from I don't know whether Japanese listeners are gonna um, correct me. That's absolutely fine. But I believe uh, even the homeless population of Japan are very proud people. They'll very rarely accept charity and things. Oh, is that right? It's 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 such a such an interesting culture. But then, does all that kind of high intensity, high work lead to cases such as this, where people just explode? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I think his upbringing had a massive amount to do with it. Him being of incest, potentially. I mean, his deformed hands. If you get bullied at school, that does have a knock-on effect for your uh, adulthood. I think when you said he was murdering, was it the fourth fourth child? That he said, this is what happens when you take the piss out of someone with my hands or whatever. Yeah. I feel like that was a lot of pent-up aggression from his childhood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she, she mentioned... That he just hasn't got over. Mentioned the hands and he just went for... Yeah, um... But even if you get bullied, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of listeners have got bullied before. I was bullied in primary school. You you kind of rise above. You don't do what this man did. No. No. No, it's I, I'm glad it's over with. I'm glad he's gone. Yeah. What a grim grim fucker and like he's dead now, which is the best thing for it. Yeah. Yeah, 2008 he was hanged. I think yeah, not long ago. Not, not, not long. that what? long ago, really. We we last person to be hanged in our country, I think, was nineteen forty five. Yeah, yeah. What, um, but yes, it's uh, that's the story of um, <laughs> Sutomi Miyazaki, uh, the bloody hell. girl killer slash otaku murderer slash vampire. He was also nicknamed a vampire. Because he drank blood. I mean, if you made it this far, it's one of those that's really interesting and like true crime. It's really interesting to listen to. But kudos to you because that was fucked. Um, if you've lost your appetite, fair enough. I think I have. I was going to go have some lunch after this, but I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, James has to listen to this. He has no choice. I'm forced to. <laughs> I present Ryan with things like Ferrari and <laughs> J.R. Tolkien, and then he comes to me with this. Yeah, I've got a bit of a track record now of finding some really fucked up individuals to talk about. Yeah, it's um, it's quite similar. But then it, I think it's fascinating that human beings have this potential. Well, yeah, that's the whole reason why we talk about them, isn't it? That's what people do. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, people do fucked up shit to this degree. Mm. It no other species on Earth has this capability. No, no, I think you might be right. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? How the idea of an alien species coming down and being like, you know, how are you getting on? And you're like, well, we're still murdering each other. They just take shit. one look at us and they'll be like. Absolutely not. We don't want anything to do with these people. Yeah, it's like, we'll, we'll come back when you've managed to, you know, get on as a species. Yeah, it's never going to happen. We're going to blow each other to oblivion. It's, oh, people are fucking weird. But then also, I'm going to just counter it and end on a little half a note. Some people are also great, so. Yeah, they're definitely great there's people. There's always yeah. the, uh, 
Well, to, the to, to link it back stuff. to the anime stuff, in, in Dragon Ball Z, like we mentioned at the beginning, one of my most beloved series ever, in Dragon Ball Z, the Saiyan race uh, famously have tails and they can turn into great apes and that's how they, they, they got sent to other yeah. planets. They'd turn into a great ape and then they would like rampage around the planet, kill everyone there, and then like free, uh, Freezer would then like have another planet in his empire, blah, blah, blah. But the um, the... The Saiyan race are modelled after humans in that they're just a warring race that can't help but fight, which I find is an interesting mm. thing that they did. Just made them us. Yeah. We are the villains. Uh, oh, we are. We are. We're a deeply, deeply flawed species that are just too intelligent for our own good. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the story of Sutomi Miyazaki. Um, I'm not going to ask if you enjoyed it because you shouldn't have, but um, I hope it was yeah, that's fucked. Um, interesting none the least to... Uh, delve oh, into yeah, the mind of a really fucked up individual and um yeah you can say that again. yeah thanks for sticking to the end if you've made it to the end well done you you have a gold star yeah you deserve a medal and a, probably a lie down <laughs> yeah go have a lie down yeah um well uh, listen to our next episode which is on who enzo ferrari the man who created ferrari probably the most famous car brand of all time he made cars that go fast he did yeah they made cars that go fast and um i'm I'm doing the episode because i watched have you seen the film oh shit i forgot what it's called (laughs) it's 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 got christian bale and matt damon in it about le mans 66 yes i know the one you're on about i don't know the name ford versus ferrari yeah i was watching that and that film focused on the ford but i was interested in ferrari because it's a cool brand but we'll probably delve into that story as well because that's really cool. Right. It'll just be about cars. I've really gone into cars lately, so I love F1 and stuff love like it. that. So Fascinating. We'll, we'll delve into it. And Ferrari, obviously, I think has a really cool upbringing. So Interesting. We'll look into it. All right. Well, look forward to that next week, guys. And um, We'll be talking about Enzo Ferrari. Who has a car named after him as well now? F- the Ferrari Enzo. <laughs> Ferrari, yeah, that's literally why it's called Ferrari. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's coming yeah. next week. Look forward to that. Uh, if I can direct you to the socials, uh, follow us on all of the socials: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Whilst you are there, you'll find a link tree. In the link tree, there is a link to our Kofi page where you can, if you wish to, uh, donate to the show. Um, it's not a subscription; it's just a one-time donation. If you fancy giving us some of your hard-earned monies we'd be greatly appreciated a lot of work goes into these episodes um so yeah uh you can find a link there and you can donate to the show if you fancy it uh that is everything i believe oh uh, if you're listening to us on spotify if you can follow us that uh, apparently is very good so please do that it's literally a little button on the top of the homepage. just type tap follow and if you're listening to us on any other platform like itunes give us a review drop us five stars and say hello if you're at it and yeah, we've got some listener suggestions coming up soon uh, from Australia, which we're going to be talking about in the near future. So look forward to those. Oh, yes, I remember those. I remember yeah. those. I was supposed to do one of those last week, but I just I was it's, tired, and it's so heavy. I didn't. I didn't want to like. I didn't want to underdo it because obviously it's a listener suggestion. I didn't want to like half-ass it, so I just half-ass one of my own suggestions and then. <laughs> do it someone else's so yeah we've got uh, a few listener suggestions coming up in the near future which we are really excited about mainly just because you guys are talking to us which is amazing um so yeah keep them coming as well because it's really interesting to know about because obviously we're from england so we're like ear to the ground in england but the rest of the world we kind of have to research and find people but if you can let us know that'd be fantastic yeah we're we're very uh, euro and american centric because that's just the world we live in unfortunately (laughs) 
Yeah, I'd love to do some like more stuff from Asia. Um, our first episode was from India, which is great. Uh, I want. Have we done a Russian? I don't we haven't done a Russian yet. No. Uh, I want to get a good person from Japan because I've only spoke about two people from Japan and they've not been good. A good person from Japan. You can talk about some of the. Um, I don't. Know if, I don't know if they're good or bad. I suppose it depends on what side of history you are. But the like um, original samurai. Uh, yeah. People well, like tra- tra- that. Tra- I, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm traditionally not. I started a sentence without knowing the history, so I can't. There's a really off. good documentary series on Netflix about samurai, and they're not overly brilliant. <laughs> they're all warring warlords for the most part, I believe. Yeah, my brother likes mm. that. But sa- samurais are interesting, so we could look into the samurai. Um, I'll ask my brother about good people from Japan. You can probably do the creator of Pokemon. I'm sure that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah we could do. So we've got lots of opportunities. Uh, uh, what's say? Opportunities. Yeah, I'll go with it. Options is the word I'm looking for. We've got lots of options coming up. So yeah, look forward to that, guys. It's all coming up in this year. We're all going to do it. It's going to be great. We've, we're coming up to our two years soon as well. So we're really stoked and excited for that. I'm still. I've still got Jack the Ripper on my mind, and we're going to fucking do it. I'm just waiting for these restrictions to yeah. go, which hopefully by May we probably can start discussing yeah, it. So yeah, and we'll we'll get that yeah. done. Because that will we'll be We'll have a sick. big Jack Ripper series coming on. That would be fascinating. We were supposed to do it last year, and we couldn't because... COVID. COVID, but... that Honestly, like, I'm excited. For, I've been excited for it for years. It's going to be good because we know a guy. We do know a guy. It'll be our first guest. We have to find a way to record with a guest. Um, well, I know how to do it. We'll discuss it. I'm not going to talk about <laughs> logistics on there because people get bored. I think I've just worked it out. I think I've just, I know how to do it. All right. Good. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Join us next week talking about Enzo Ferrari. Uh, we love you dearly. See you later. Ta-ra. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.